welcome to Stargirl Podcast. This is Lizzie, and I'm here with Angie, and we're still in summer school. This is just summer school. Like, we've just, like, processed that the entire season is summer school. This is summer school, uh, chapter 11, and we just got two episodes to go, and we spent the entire episode in the Shadowlands. What do you think about that, Angie? Did you like it? Was it what you expected? Was the whole Pleasantville mood kind of thing threw you off? It did throw me off for a little bit because I was like, are we in the past somehow? Because you know how Stargirl looks very timeless. So then when it went black and white, I was like, did he send her like through time or did he send her to the Shadowlands? And then once the scene with sweet baby Joey happened, I was like, oh, this is her own like hell. Okay. She's probably more like the Shadowlands than the past, but it did throw me for a loop for a second. But I also wanted to say that Breck looked like stunning in that first shot of her waking up in the Shadowlands. I was like, okay, lady, look at you, girl. What? Like, no wonder Cameron's in love with you because holy crap, you look amazing. Um, and that was my main thought in the first scene. What does that say about me? I don't know. Um, what did you think, Lizzie? I mean, I kept thinking, like, to to your point, I kept thinking she should do, like, a period drama because the black and white really works for her, and it doesn't work for everyone. Um, but other than that, I, I did think pretty quickly that we were in the Shadowlands. I just didn't, like, it... I'm not going to say it necessarily... I understood what was going on. It, it was nice that they had sort of Cindy uh, around to sort of explain the thing, even if she... And especially because she did it in a very Cindy, mocking way. Um, but yeah, we did really need some explanation and she put it perfectly when she was like, well, this is like purgatory, basically. Like that was the best explanation. Um, but then, yeah, when I, when I saw, because my mind was like, but Joy cannot possibly be in the shadow. So what is going on? Like, this is not, um, the way it's supposed to work. Um. And then you see Cindy, and then a part of you is like, but wait, is this Cindy or is this Courtney thinking that it's Cindy? Like, it's, it's complicated. Uh, but Cindy was there, and, and Cindy was actually, I, I think we sort of expected this journey for Cindy that we got at the end of the episode when she was like, yeah, let's, we want to kill Eclipso. Like, in two more episodes, I'll go back to hating you, Courtney, but right now, common enemy, let's go. Yeah, you always gotta love it when that happens, especially when they're two, like, opposites, quote-unquote, like Courtney and Cindy, when actually they have so much in common, which we talked about in season one. I liked how Cindy brought up about, like, how Courtney is too good, and, like, Courtney avoids her darkness, and then when we, like, go forward in the episode... It is only when Courtney actually does embrace her darkness that she's able to find Cindy. So I'm kind of wondering, what does that say about our girl? Like, is she, is embracing darkness a sign of maturity? Is it a sign that she uh, is on a path of, like, embracing more darkness? Or is she going to stay our, like, shining star girl? Is this what potentially is going to cause cosmo to like choose someone else like what like what are the ramifications of her actually starting to embrace at least a little bit these like seeds of anger and rage and darkness because it's not what we associate with our girl i just think it's there's a lot to unpack there 
Right, but I also don't really understand how that helped her find Cindy. Like, that whole thing, like, I assume there's an explanation coming, but I don't understand how that moment of embracing her darkness, because I thought that was exactly the, what Eclipso wanted her to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said the thing Eclipso wanted her to say and got what she wanted. So there was a part of me that was like, so Eclipso just wanted her out? Like, how did the thing that, that Bruce was trying to get her to say literally ended up with her where she wanted to go? It, it didn't really compute and it didn't even make sense. And after a while, I was like, was the whole point to for her to escape? Did Eclipso somehow want Dr. McNider out? Because I don't think it was about Courtney. Like, was it about what is behind this? Because, um, I mean, clearly Eclipso was trying to get her. I don't think Eclipso was trying to get her to be like, no, I really don't hate you. And, and she didn't. And, and if she'd done so, it would have also been like, you don't hate him because I hate him for you. So it wasn't it just weird? It just didn't follow one thing after, after the other. It was, that was weird. And the other like thing that didn't make sense to me that I wanted to talk about is the shade not knowing that Dr. McNider was still alive. Because I'm like, my dude, you're the one who sent him there. This is the place that you have access to whenever you want to do a jazz hand up in the sky and open a portal. Like, if you thought there was a chance that your kind of friend was still alive, wouldn't you go check? Like, how is it that you didn't know? Like, how are the Shadowlands just, like, that large that he has no way of, like, searching for him then? But then how does Courtney immediately find Cindy? Right. I mean, it could be that they are that large and Courtney finds Cindy because Cindy's part of her particular purgatory. Like the mm. things she feels bad, like maybe you can only find the people you have a strong connection to. Um, I don't know. I, I, I sort of, it, in a way, it makes no sense. But I also think it can be explained as sort of maybe in the Shadowlands, even for the shade, you're sort of stuck in the loop with the people you know. So maybe even if he went and if he were searching, he'd have to like sort of get through uh, his sister and that that whole drama before he could, uh, or is he not affected by the Shadowlands? We don't know. Um, All questions that I am, like the shade is dead, long live the shade. Do we believe the shade is dead? Is anyone dead in this show? Except Henry? Henry (laughs) Jr. is dead. And Joey, Joey that we saw. But even they came back, even for for a brief appearances. So, I mean, I don't think this is the last we've seen of the shade. I agree, especially the way that like his body kind of disappears into smoke. Like it's not like just like his vessel or his body just like stayed there and it was like boom done. It was like pfft. so like where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think there's something to the shade here. I don't think he's dead. Right, especially because they did really uh, an effective job, particularly, I think it's acting, like, I, I think the actor really sold through the entire season this sort of antagonist, like, the moment you're like, no, he's a bad guy, he sort of turns around, and then he, th- there was a real moment of emotion in the in his face when he heard that Dr. Midnight was alive, mm-hmm. uh, there was real, oh, I didn't, which is, again, makes no real sense but in the context of them not explaining how the shadowlands work um 
just what Cindy said, which is probably an oversimplification considering what she knows, not necessarily the full explanation. Um, but the, there was a moment of real emotion there that was kind of surprising in, in a sense. We'd seen him with real emotion maybe towards Barbara and but but basically just Barbara. Um, and I, I do think they set him up as a sort of an antagonist that might be fun to bring back up in the future, especially because we're going to have Dr. Midnight around uh, for season three and uh, presumably at some point in the next two episodes. Like, and if you want to do it at the end of episode 13 when you bring Starman, we're not going to complain. Uh, but presumably they're going to be around for season three, uh, presumably as the characters... Uh, the shade knows, so I, I don't like. I'm pretty sure we'll see him again. Yeah, we're definitely not done with these OG JSA heroes, and I'm really interested to see how they're going to resolve this whole Eclipso thing in two episodes. It seems like it's a lot to wrap up, unless they're going to save some of that also for the beginning of season three, when these OG JSA heroes also come back and they're like, oh, we've done this before, we can help, or something like that. I don't know. Um, but if we do see more of that kid actor who like does the Bruce part of Eclipso, that kid is really talented. Like in that whole scene where he's like taunting Courtney, I was like, I kind of believe that this kid is a bit evil and has seen some stuff, you know, like he was, I was, I was there. I was, I was scared of this child. So well done to that actor. I should look up his name. He was, he was very good, but I think he's done the level of creepy that this part requires really, really well, like better than I expect. Like we, we talked from the first scene he's, he's got, um, which is a flashback, and then the scene where he's just laughing when he's walking down the street. Creepy. He's done creepy really well. And then in this episode, it sort of starts being more like psychological. He's like trying to get into Courtney's head, and it's working. You're like, no, Courtney, don't do what he wants. And then she does because she's Courtney. And like, I, I mean, she's good. I, I do think in the end, despite her being old, I hate you. Um. Courtney in the Shadowlands proved that she is actually as good as Cindy Mocker. Cindy mocked her for it, but Courtney came back for Cindy when she could have just left. Um, so ironically, the thing that Cindy was mocking her for was the thing that saved Cindy. True. Yeah, I mean, and you can't be so naive to go around in this life without hating someone, you know, <laughs> like... There's a, there's a stand-up bit by um, Deborah Di Giovanni where at some point she says, grow up and hate someone. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> it's just a part of being an adult. And if the person Courtney hates is a freaking supervillain, like, I think you're still a good person if that's, like, the person you hate, you know? Like, someone who's destroyed so many lives. You're allowed to hate that person. Right. And then she that that Courtney, like, I think it's, it's a fun bit as well that she's had to sort of fight through her fears to get to to Cindy. Um, and her, her fears were very tied to her friends and the way she feels she's failed her friends. Um, and then this sort of goes back to what you were saying about how they're going to wrap it up 
because they they don't only have to deal with Eclipse, so we still gotta figure out how to bring Yolanda back. And Rick is literally in jail with Grundy throwing apples at him like through the bars, like literally two episodes. Yeah, unsanitary apples. Um. <laughs> We're never gonna get over the apples, people. <laughs> Well, like, with with the friends, um, one of the things that I also kind of, like, wrote down in my notes is, like, the role of Beth now. Because as much as, like, Courtney is the light in the new JSA, like, Beth is, like, the heart, I think, or something. Because, like, she's the one who's really, like, telling everyone that they have to have faith, which I think is so important to have in these shows like you need that one person who can rally everyone and like make them believe in the thing that they're supposed to be fighting for when it's hard for them to believe in it I think that's really cool that Beth is like stepping more into this role and apparently is like an expert in computers now with the way she's hacking into these goggles this whole season and right I really have enjoyed her journey so far Right. And um, I presume we're going to see much more of Beth. Um, I mean, she, the relationship with her parents was always weird. They've sort of made the parents better. Um, but we've seen her relationship with Rick grow um, this season. But we're probably going to see a different side of her next year when she gets to spend time with uh, Shock in real life. Um, and he seems like a really nice dude. And then the moments we got about his daughter sort of made me anticipate the relationship he's going to have with Beth and sort of be like, oh, this is just, I'm going to get family feels again and I'm already not ready. Um, uh, but that that just reminds me of the moment at uh, near the end before Courtney brings out her hate when she's all like, I'm over him regarding the dad. And I just want to uh, point that out because, I mean, it, it could have been so easy to make her fears about that absent dad. And when she says, I'm over him, a part of you is not ever truly over it. But in a way, she is because that wasn't what she was seeing. She was seeing her mom saying um, um, she shouldn't have had Courtney. She was seeing her friend, but she wasn't seeing her dad by dad that'd be dad we got new dad around mm-hmm. like we don't need um that so in 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 that respect i i guess the shadowlands did uh, that have had that message of growth for courtney just as i'm sure cindy really despite the fact that the dealing with her mom was probably super hard and we sort of now have a real idea of what happened which is what we always thought happened she hurt her mom without meaning to she was a kid her dad was doing experiments on her. Like she is really a victim of Dragon King, um, but she that she got to kill Dragon King about a thousand times. I don't think she's sad about that. Yeah, I think that that was her own form of therapy. You know, like we all need to work through our trauma in different ways. There are different uh, methods, and I think she found one that worked for her. So. Now she's ready to actually, like, fight a bad guy, which is nice. She's, like, learning her lessons. I'm, you know, excited for Cindy's growth, too, in this series. Um, You were talking about Dr. McNider earlier, and I got this, like, image 
of his thighs. So if we could have a quick thirst corner, because <laughs> look, how many... <laughs> you go, you go. The way this costume fits this act, okay? Because we we've seen Beth obviously in this costume right. and it drowns on her, right? It's almost not the same costume. This is what the costume was meant to be. You see Dr. McNider and his tree trunk buff thighs. I was like, this, this is the costume. This is what it's supposed to look like. That's, that's all I wanted to say. No, no, you're absolutely right. Like we need to get Beth a new costume, not just because she deserves one, but because now that we've seen him in the costume, we're like, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what that was supposed to be. Right. And it's it's not like the costume sort of fits bad either. It's not like when when Rick becomes our man, he literally like do the muscle that co comes with a costume. Like he looks doesn't he? He looks way bigger. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I was like, is that padding? Where does that Rick? Like, Where does um, that come from? I mean, is that part of the magic of the hour? No, because we've seen him walking around without, I don't know, it just comes with the, the, the suit. Um, but Beth just, yeah, the costume doesn't fit her and it's not feminine. It's not supposed to be as we see. Um, so she needs a new one and Courtney can just make her one. Courtney's good yeah. at that. And then apparently Courtney can make you a costume without ruining the original one. I don't know how she does it. I don't it. know how that happened. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to get into that again. We can go around and around and around all day about that. <laughs> um, one thing we we have talked and that I think is, is worth talking about is that we got a Beth and Jenny scene this episode, which I was really, um, I'd seen Angelica tweet about it, and I was really hoping that they got a moment. And um, Mike mentioned the Thunderbolt a few times. I'm like, I don't, I know the Thunderbolt's not exactly the most reliable. Um, um thing but like i do think they should be a, at least a little focused on finding the thunderbolt at this point considering the eclipse of it all i was like yes listen to mike no one listens to mike Poor guy. no wonder he has a complex he has to like climb inside a giant robot to be heard or something my god ever um, but oh, and we haven't talked about that opening scene that was brutal and every one of the actors killed it and like <laughs> killed it ironically because Courtney was killed quote unquote uh but like when Luke was when he when Pat walks in and then mm -hmm. Amy Smart like literally the pain in her face she did the the pain over losing her kid in this episode so well when she's telling the shades so kill me it's like chills yeah. I believed chills. it I I believed those mom vibes so hard. Like we, she was already so good in general, Amy Smart. But like, give her awards for that scene for real. Yeah, she she was really really good, and uh, in the opening scene, uh, Luke Wilson was really good, and it was sort of a kind of dynamics that they hadn't gotten to play. Like they hadn't gotten really to emote the sad vibe. And the three of them did it so well. And then Mike walks in and then they hug. And it's it's really family morning together. And it was nice. And then Beth and Jenny sort of like in the background. Um, and sort of the quietness of the scene. I think the, the show's done a really good job this this uh, season of like setting, letting moments like set in. And sometimes there's not even music. It's just 
you, they leave you there with your emotions and the actors are, uh, are pulling their weight, so it works. Absolutely, and poor Jenny, like, thinking that it was her fault. Right. Girl, that is not your fault. Like, do not put the weight of the whole world on you, poor thing. Like, the thing that she said was that she thinks it's her fault because she was afraid, which is interesting because, like, Courtney would have given her the pep talk not to be afraid. So what she actually needed was the thing that disappeared for her, you know? So that was, that's just so sad. But obviously, like, we knew Courtney wasn't gone. So Jenny will be able to, you know, come into her power a little bit more and not need that re reassurance that she doesn't need to be afraid. Right. And I, I assume that she's, we're going to need that because um, they, I don't think they've announced if she's going to be a series regular for season three, but with the storyline for um, Obsidian, like the brother that they, they sort of set up, I, I can't imagine Jenny leaving again after whatever it is they managed to do with Eclipso, because at this point I got no idea. And also, where is Eclipso? He's like, let's send people to the Shadowlands and let's just, then I'm going to go sit on a beach and sip some pina coladas. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> is he able to be in, like, multiple places at once? Like, can he be the creepy little kid, but also, like, in Hawaii at the same time? Like, is that... I don't Is that know. part of his skill set? I don't think that's on Wikipedia. I don't think so. But like, also, if he's a creepy kid and then he is in the Shadowlands, then why isn't he out there? Or like, is the creepy kid also Courtney? Is the creepy kid was never there? And was that also her imagining the thing? And then it, it wasn't Eclipse at all? It was her subconscious, like her purgatory? And then that's a different conversation. Oh my than gosh. Because then it's just inside her. And then, then it is ex about accepting, like, the inner darkness and sort of growth. Um, because, I mean, if Eclipse had really been there, wouldn't he have just shown up when they got out of the Shadowlands? I mean, like, yeah, let's fight now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we still don't know why, like, we talked about in the last episode, why he just, like, peaced out when there were, like, other members for him to take care of. But instead he chose to... I guess go to Honolulu now. Like that's just our theory, our working theory of this podcast. Right? Clips of pizza beach She's vacation. Like, the Green Lantern ring almost hurt me. So I'm just gonna go now and leave her there <laughs> with it. What? Makes sense. I, I don't know. I don't know. But like do we have any theories about what's coming for Eclipso? Like I hope they mostly take care of him. Like, they can leave everything else hanging. So I don't want to, like, go into the break between season two and three and be like, oh, what is Eclipsa going to do now? No, leave me. Give me another thing to worry about. Not Eclipsa. Yeah, let's worry about, like, Cameron. Yeah, you know, like, that would be fun. It's clearly a worry for season three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. And, like, let's get Rick out of jail and give him some actual food that's been, like, processed and cleaned and cooked. Yeah, he, I don't know how much bacteria has been entered into his system now, so. Right, and then, like you said, Andy, they still got to figure out how to get our man back, because he broke oh, it. Yes, he broke it, yeah. That's, and then, there's so much to do. Too much to do, and then Yolanda like needs probably more than a pep talk. Because if she doesn't yeah. need more than a pep talk, like 
how are they going to fix this? Yolanda needs therapy, for right. sure. And to get um, away from her uh, mom, who is clearly a problem, that the Dugans should adopt everyone. Who has the wildcat? Courtney has the wildcat costume now, right? So, like, there is no wildcat right now. Right. So then they're still, they still don't know that Joachim has the Thunderbolt. So the Thunderbolt's walking around somewhere. Jenny and her brother, there's that storyline to kind of like wrap up. We don't know if the shade is actually dead or not, really. The Eclipso of it all and the creepy child. Where is he in real life? We don't know. There's too much, Lizzie. There's too much, which is why I'm saying let's at least, at the very least, finish off the Eclipso storyline. I don't know how, but, like, if I have to do, like, um, can we at least finish off the Eclipso storyline and get Rick out of jail? Then I will be, like, count that as a win. You're really concerned about Rick still being in jail. He really has become our season two favorite, I think, because we... We can't stop talking about it, even though we've only seen, like, what, three minutes total of scenes of him in jail? And yet that's still something that we are just, like, super focused on. I I just, he's a kid and he's in jail. Listen, all Grundy has to do is punch that wall, hand Rick a bag of apples, and they can skip merrily into the woods. I mean, that would probably bring problems in the getting Rick back into, like, society again. But I'll take it if that's what we got to do for now. It's a a short-term thing. I mean, you said the Eclipso of it all. They need our man. So, like, but then that has to happen next episode because they still got to figure out how to make Rick our man again. Unless Rick is going to solve that in 20 minutes, then he's going to be like, I was sitting in jail and I was thinking thinking in jail about how to fix my own mistakes. So I just need five minutes alone with my dad's stuff. Like, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe it's Dr. Midnight that can help. I hadn't thought about the fact that just like Pat knew Rick's dad, so did Dr. Midnight. That's more people, more of a connection from Rick to his past. And that's interesting. That's true. I'm all for these hot dads just coming out of the woodwork and Except Star- on the show. Yeah. Except yeah. Starman. We draw the line. Except Starman. He's not a dad anyway, uh, you know, that we know of anyway. Yeah, we know. We don't want... No part of that. Um, this uh, episode of the podcast took a turn, but I think that's all I wanted to discuss. Angie, you have something else? No, there is only um, one notable pair of thighs that I noticed this episode. So I think I'm done here. But, but they are very important, noticeable. And like I'm, I'm, I'm going to look for a, a picture of them to to post when i post the podcast i promise like i'll, I'll do you a solid oh my so, gosh <laughs> you can visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news about the stargirl show follow us on facebook and twitter at stargirl podcast as well subscribe to stargirl podcast on apple podcast stitcher radio and google play and while you're on apple podcast hit us up with some five-star reviews
Don't forget we are part of the DC TV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. We also have our own T Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV related stuff, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear, as it does help support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. If you have questions, thoughts about Stargirl, you can email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter. Yes, we are at some point are going to do an episode with your reactions, we promise. Uh, We've been we saying promise. that for, for so long. It's just at the end of the season, we promise. Uh, see you next time. Bye.